Welcome to our Mindset Q&A call with Heather Cavanaugh and myself, Andrea Carter. It is Wednesday, May the 9th, and we are here this week talking about mindset and all of the wonderful ways that you can use mindset uh, to just improve, um, have an awesome life, change whatever it is that you're struggling with. Yes, I like that. Yeah, right? <laughs> So, um, a little bit better today than you were yesterday, doesn't yeah, it? Kaizen, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all about, and I think that's what it is. It's you've used the wording before, Heather, where you've said, um, and I'm going to blunder it now, but you say something to the effect of, um, progressive action. Is that the wording you use? I like that wording a lot. Um, you know, I, I like to think that everything that we do in life is just continuous improvement. And when we're coming from that perspective, man alive, is there anything that we cannot achieve? I don't believe so. So we've got some really great questions today. As always. Uh, we do. Yeah. So um, one of the questions that came in is by a woman named Sherry. And she's actually looking at some of the terms. So what she had said was there seems to be a ton of different words for visualization. Excuse me. What is the difference between them all and is one better than another? So Heather, why don't you kick us off? Let's, um, let's get your, I always love to hear your perspective on this and then I'll go through um, visualization from my background. Well, I always come at everything sort of from my background is marketing and communication. So that's tends to be where I first go to um, when we get the questions in still and probably forevermore that will be evermore. It will be which isn't a bad thing because no. you know, ultimately as people as social creatures, it is usually about communicating mm -hmm. um, with each other um, and sometimes with just ourselves. But so the word visualization, um, you know, People might use a different word uh, in order to, you know, address clarity. I mean, we use words um, to offer up some sort of universal definition so that we are on the same page. Inevitably, that never happens because people have associations or they've, they've been exposed to the word in a different context. And so it's a great question to be asking, you know, here is this word. Um, what does it mean and, and, and does it mean the same thing for everyone else? You know, the other reason that we might use different words for it um, is, again, being in a different, you know, marketing perspective. Am I talking to a certain group or an audience that, you know, might be comfortable with this kind of a definition? Or am I talking to maybe a more, I don't know, uh, I don't know what word to say, more, more exposed to, um, you know, even things that might be on the alternative spectrum. And so, you know, visualization is a very comfortable word. Um, you know, for me, from a type A perspective, working in corporate, um, working with a lot of other type A's, for me, visualization was a bit of an uncomfortable word at first. Um, and I chose to use the word strategize. So, because that was something that I could get my head around. And <laughs> my colleagues could also get their head around because you know five ten years ago you know visualization you know visual boards you know seemed just sort of a little unconcrete uh, which it isn't because it actually is a fundamental part of doing a business strategy doing a life strategy doing a 
project strategy, any kind of plan you would strategize. And visualization is a component of that. So that would be my suggestion as to what, two thoughts on why there's uh, a couple of different um, words that are out there. And I used the word strategize for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I said visual strategization, visualization through strategy. And then now I personally feel more comfortable, but I know there are some people with whom I, I switch back and forth into the word strategy. And that's just, you know, for a comfort perspective. Sure. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for, for lending your, your thoughts on that and, and sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes, you know, just like what you had shared, when it comes to visualization, you know, there, there are many turns, you know, you can break it down into imagery, you can break it down into visualization, meditation, hypnosis, you know, those are kind of four of the, the bigger words or whatever. And from there, they can be broken down into all sorts of different specific mm -hmm. types. It's the same thing though, look at it this way. Think of all of the ways that we break down leadership and what leadership means. It's the same context, you know, and I like to look at it like this, you know, we have this thing called situational visualization and we have situational leadership. And, you know, even though there are tons of different names out there, I think the important thing at the end of the day is that it's looking at what you're specifically using to help you navigate your thoughts and your mindset. And the reason I say that is because, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that you need to have something that brings in the situation that you're currently in with whatever it is that you're trying to do. So we, we tend to look at visualization, and I'm gonna use bunny ears here, as a way to calm the mind, right? So it's often lumped with meditation and, and said, okay, well you need to do this so that you calm your mind down. But it's more than just calming your mind down. It actually is about taking the situation that you're in and learning how to take relevance of where your attention is being focused. So the reason I like to use the term, you know, situational visualization is because based on, on my work and my research, um, I, I personally feel that there's way too much focus on why something happened and what the trauma or what the drama is that's causing the current behavior. Now this is me, this is my personal opinion on it. And while I would say that that's, a, that's also a generalization, um, every person varies. But I also feel that it's really important to give people tools, structure, so that they can use something to change the way that they're thinking through their problems or they're thinking through where they want to go. Um, really, it's about showing your mind how to change the outcome um, so that you start creating the results that you want, right? I, I call that situational visualization. Now, the reason I call it that and, and why, you know, my work is the way that it is, is, is based on the athletes that I started working with, you know, 15 years ago. So what I noticed was that there was a specific difference, a significant difference between visualizing specific situations um, and results, specific experiences within the sport and the result. The same is true for the average person, the executive, the, the entrepreneur. We need to have mindset structures that allow us to bring in a situation that we're challenged with so that we can actually work through it to get to the other side of it. 
And, um, you know, in, in our, in our um, training, you know, we call this the Internavigation Center. Um, and, you know, I use it for everything from improving my skiing um, to, you know, even building out the, the Wealthy Woman Warrior platform, uh, navigating my life through all of the moving parts. Um, I think now more than ever, I think it's super important because um, life isn't going to get easier. It's not going to get less complicated. It's not going to get less chaotic. Um, the reality is, is that if we don't have something to help us focus through what it is that we want and where we want to go, we're consistently going to be taken out. And all of the, you know, um, all of the factors that get in the way are going to continue to prevent us from reaching what it is that we really want. And um, I, I'll leave you on this. You know, when you when you look at thoughts, we don't think about thoughts from the grandeur that we should. Mm -hmm. Every single time you think about something, that thought causes your brain to release neurotransmitters. Okay, so neurotransmitters, if, if you break it down into like the most simplest explanation, it's a chemical messenger. It's a chemical messenger that communicates with your entire body and your entire nervous system. So what that means is that your neurotransmitters virtually control all of your body's functions. So everything from your hormones to how your body is digesting your food. Um, from feeling happy, sad, stressed, to being able to think through a multi-level, complex business problem, okay? So without having a tool to help you work through that and navigate through it, um, we're going to continue to be challenged. Uh, you know, I, I just finished writing an article that was released today and in that article, I talked about some of the research that I was just doing. And, you know, they just released an article um, on CBC that was talking about we now have over 500,000 people per week, okay, per week are on mental health leave because our society and the pressure that we are having to deal with is you know, taking us out. And there's so many moving parts. This isn't going to get better until we start treating our minds the same way that we treat our bodies. We need to train the mind just like we need to exercise the body. We need to move the body. And, you know, this is a huge issue. It's a huge issue that society is faced with right now because the majority of us don't know how to sculpt our thoughts or think through things but your thoughts sculpt your life and everything from feeling overwhelmed and in chaos to the way that your love life is driving to your health issues to you know your work it's all affected by your thoughts yeah. so you know if this is something that you're looking at and you're looking at it like okay well i need the best visualization I would say, don't worry about the best. You know, if you want some great free content or free courses, both Heather and I have content on wealthywomanwarrior.com. Um, that's free. Go, go and start like just understanding some of the basics about how having something to help you train your thinking 
is going to make massive impacts in your life overall. And then from there, if you really want to move forward, dive into the Power to Thrive course, because that's where you're going to get a ton of awesome results. And um, I'm sorry if I, I kind of digress there a little bit, but I, I really want to bring home how important doing something to help you train your thinking truly is and how this is going to be a make it or break it in the next couple of years and specifically for women. Um, and, and the reason for that is because a woman's brain, and you've heard me say this before, is wired differently. Um, everything is attached to everything. Men have this incredible thing called compartments. <laughs> and, we have complex. <laughs> and women have complex. We have everything is connected. Yeah. So unless we have something to help us train our brain and train our thinking, we are, we're just going to spiral. You know, we're, we're going to keep spiraling. And, and those are things we don't have to do. Um, and, and they're preventable. Just like, you know, heart disease is preventable. This, the way that we show up in our lives, also preventable to stay in, in chaos. Yeah. 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 And as, as you know, I mean, you've been doing this work for 20 plus years um, and it's, it's been well entrenched in um, things like sports, uh, sports improvement, betterment. Um, yeah. uh, um, and we all conceptually recall that and we go, oh yeah. So under, you know, this new guise of leadership, it's sort of making its way into a bit more of a mainstay that, that it is for everybody. Whatever label you want to give it that makes you feel comfortable about, you know, harnessing your mind or thinking deeper about your mind or, you know, contemplating the thoughts that you are thinking and, and how you could actually use that to your disadvantage because there is programming even if you don't change it. So maybe <laughs> you understand your programming so that it works for you just get started on it. And, and um, I love that your, this work is coming at it from a, um, from a positive perspective uh, and a training and a learning perspective and not just from a mental health perspective because ultimately the potential outcomes are you know, real mental health issues that we are overwhelmed or depressed or out of the workforce. Um, but um, anybody can start using, again, visualization or you know, thought, um, computate like however whatever you want to call it um, but just realizing the power that's behind what you're thinking um, you know gives you an extra foot forward boost who wouldn't want that you bet you bet yeah. um, you know I think your your comments Heather have been perfect as a segue <laughs> for our next for our next question as well um, because Leslie wrote in and said, you know, when it comes to mindset, why are so many people saying it's the determining factor? And, um, you know, we've kind of touched a little bit on this. Um, do you want to share your, your um, answer to this first? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I'm not really sure. I think maybe I came to mindset perhaps uh, a little... I don't want to use the word reluctantly, but maybe a little cautiously. Um, I, I, you know, my personal experience is um, I knew I knew I needed to slow down. So I was on the train, the grind, the climb. You know, mom, busy job, kids, traveling partner. I mean, you name it. Parents, a new promotion. Oh my goodness, I should take some extra training. I mean, you know, the road 
is paved with yeses, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes, 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 I'll do it, I'll add it more in, I'll fit it more in, I'll find a way, and, and there is a limit and a cap on that. And, you know, you start exploring alternatives for balance or slow down or breath, um, and you maybe start with yoga or some form of meditation or thought process like that. Um, but, you know, the actual act of meditation or yoga might not be for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and the concept of mindset is much more, uh, is much broader in understanding that it's your thinking and than, than just quieting your thoughts. If you stop and you look at the science of how your brain actually works, it is quite amazing to understand the power of your thoughts and your focus. And that's not to say that meditation or yoga mm -hmm. isn't um, a, a, a wonderful activity or a pursuit or something, but if you get back to what it is that's actually driving um, the success underwriting some of those types of activities, it comes back to what you think and what you choose to focus on. And that all starts with awareness and understanding um, where you are in a cycle of understanding your thoughts, conversations you have with yourself. Do you believe you have the confidence to make these kinds of choices? You know, whatever it is, these messages are that you send to yourself because that is conditioning and training and and determines your outlook and what you're going to to do next and continue to think and continue to do and continue to think and continue to act on that's where it starts and the wonderful thing about it is that it is changeable so i know it sounds trite to just say change your mind set and change your life but it really can it really is one thing that doesn't cost you anything that can make a significant impact on your life yeah absolutely um i'm gonna i'm gonna quote um lynn mctaggart here in answering this and and i hope you don't mind i'm gonna read something from um her intention experiment and it's a book called The Intention Experiment, uh, The Intention Experiment, Using Your Thoughts to Change Your Life and World. Now, what I want to point out first is that Lynn McTaggart is not a mindset trainer. She's a researcher. Um, the reason I love her work is because she's simply a researcher. And what happened was that um, in the early 2000s, she started... Uh, research on mindset and she started looking at people who were doing work in mindset and um, so this is this is a quote from from her book a sizable body of research exploring the nature of consciousness carried on for more than 30 years in prestigious scientific institutions around the world shows that thoughts are capable of affecting everything from the simplest machines to the most complex living beings. This evidence suggests that human thoughts and intentions are actual physical something with astonishing power to change our world. Every thought we have is tangible energy 
with the power to transform. A thought is not only a thing, a thought is a thing that influences other things. So the reason I wanted to read that to you is because I feel like it's very, it's a succinct way of looking at mindset based on, um, and, and Heather, you even alluded to this too, the power of your thoughts is so important. And I feel like, um, you know, we've gotten to a place where we recognize how important exercising our physical body is, but we have yet to get to the point where the exercise of our mind is as important. And, um, you know, I, I, Lynn McTaggart, she's a woman I've, I've followed my entire career. I, I love her. Um, and I love her work. And I think that it's, you know, going back to some of the, the content that I shared in the first question, I think one of the places that so many people don't realize is that every thought that you have creates a neurochemical change and some is temporary and some is long lasting. So without diving into all of the consciousness work that Lynn McTaggart were, you know, talks about, her work is really incredible though. I mean, everything from the intention experiment to, um, uh, she did another book as well uh, called The Field. And both of those books were, they blew my mind when I first read them. Um, now she does talk a lot about the deep consciousness work, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind. But what she also was doing was she was researching some of the people who were actually doing these experiments. Um, so whether that's Harvard or Stanford or some of the big you know, organizations that were looking into psychology, she was there. And, and some of the cool experiments that they did was they actually had people, you know, um, think about a coin flip. So either heads or tails. And the research shows that a human being can influence a computer's output of whether or not they are flipping a head or a tail. So we know that we have such massive impact and thoughts are things that we, we don't tangibly see that, you know, there's, there's nothing that, um, comes out of our head when we are thinking in the confines of our own quietness. Nobody, you know, if you were sitting there with just a simple blank look on your face, nobody knows what is happening in your mind. Think of your children. Think of your children that are sitting there, you're on a drive, and you're going somewhere and you turn around and you look at them and they're just staring in space. And, and wouldn't you love to be that person that you could, like I always think, could I just dive into their brain? That's a superpower. Someone yeah. asked me, could be, that would be it. To yeah. Read, read people's thoughts. Read people's thoughts. Because the power of our thought is so important. And um, what happens is that depending on what we're thinking about, that's also going to change the way that we react to situations, but it's also shaping what we decide we're capable of doing. And so going back to, I'm going to go back a little bit to the busyness that you were talking about, Heather, because I think that a lot of women are feeling the pressure of 
how much we're, we're juggling. And I call it the mental juggle. Um, but, you know, I think it's looking at um, concepts like lean in or, um, you know, the, the ability to reach your economic potential. And it's interesting because women have actively said to me, Andrea, when I was 20, I thought that I was going to do, and they list, you know, they list whatever those, those thoughts are. And they, they will then say, and by this point in my life, I feel like I've failed because I haven't done this, that, or the other thing. And here's the thing. They haven't done it yet, but you might be in your forties. Your forties aren't your last chapter, babe. <laughs> your fifties your aren't your last chapter. You know, I think that one of the things that happens in a woman's brain is that we, um, we make everything an all or nothing situation. And that also starts with using your thoughts to change your life. So what that means from a very practical perspective, and lastly, going back to your initial question, when it comes to mindset, why are so many people saying it's the determining factor? That is because it simply is. If you are telling yourself, I can't do more, I can't take on more, you can't, okay? But that also means that you're saying I can't to everything across the board. That doesn't mean you're saying you're picking and choosing what's going to make you feel good because most women aren't doing that. Most women are stuck in the slog of what's happening with their kids, what's happening with their husband, how they're going to juggle 8,000 things on their calendars, plus the FOMO, the fear of missing out that's happening on social media. And we're comparing these, you know, um, they call them B-roll. B-roll is, um, you know, like what's happening behind the scenes kind of thing. And if somebody was to come into my household and look at what actually transpires on a day-to-day basis with my two kids, <laughs> have both of them have learning challenges. One is ADHD. The other one has dyslexia. And the way that they interact, they would think, I'm sure, you know, I think they would think, wow, like, how does this woman teach mindset? And the reason is, is because we all are going to have continuous challenges. We're all going to have all of these things happen, but those things don't have to be what take us out. And so it's coming down to choosing what's important. It's coming down to choosing what lifts you up, what inspires you. And what, what I think is so important is to get away from the crap that's weighing you down. Pardon me for being so candid, but the things that aren't serving you, it, it takes looking at where your mindset is going and what is actually happening. And in the quiet of your own mind, stopping, press the pause button, identify, bring an awareness to what it is that you're actually saying to yourself and what it is that you're actually thinking. Because if you're consistently saying to yourself, I'm not enough, or this isn't enough, or I don't have enough, or, you know, I don't have the capacity, um, I can't. Those are all thoughts. And I can tell you from the inside of my own mind, I have them too. 
I have them too. The difference is that I know that I also control where I'm putting my focus. So I look at it from two perspectives, a prolific mindset or a fixed mindset. And the thing that most people don't understand is that you're never just in one, you navigate. It's like, you know, the figure eight or the infinity symbol, you're consistently navigating in between these two mindsets and you're going back and forth and back and forth. And depending on what situation you are in, that is what is going to determine how you behave, what you say yes or no to, um, how your life is being shaped, how the life around you, how the world around you is being shaped. And these things take time to cultivate. They, they don't happen overnight. It, it, it requires practice. It requires letting go of perfection. It requires um, allowing your mind to run and then catching up with it to interrupt it once it's getting ahead of itself and it doesn't need to. Yeah. I, you know, I liken it sort of to, um, well, you know, everyone's experience are, so we're having a conversation now and, um, you know, what are we, what are we discussing? 60 words a minute, I don't know, one word a second, 60 words a minute. And, you know, we, sorry, yeah, 60 words a minute, one a second. Yeah. Yeah. But think about those thoughts that you have. You probably have conversations with yourself or fleeting thoughts or however you want. They're fleeting. They're probably four or five times the speed of conversation. I've never done any research into that, but just think about how much more message is playing in your head and and we know it to be true and and that we speed through these things and and so if you said it out loud once i'm having a crappy day or i did a crap job at that think about how many times you you already acted over in your head to yourself and so that's the power of your thoughts i mean those self conversations those self um adjudications, judgments upon how your day is going or what you're thinking or what you're going to accomplish are, you know, five, six, seven, eight times more um, powerful than what you actually might articulate. And um, you said it in response to the first question. And I, I, I love that you said, it. you know, a thought is a message. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's a really great way to think about it, that each and every thought is a message. And, you know, we all love to get mail. Um, <laughs> and we you know, sat down and cracked open the letter and, and you know, dive, dove into what was actually being presented as content in that message. Um, and that's mindset work. That's working through your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's profound. Um, it really is. But it can be that simple to get started. I, I love that, you know, a thought is a message. Uh, and so what messages am I sending out? And am I continually reinforcing for myself? And you know, it's based on years of your programming. If you're 47, wow, what have I been doing and what I've been saying to myself for 47 years? If you're 32, like, what have you, what, you know, what? Well, and, and that too, and, you know, life changes. Uh, you know, I, I talk about the the five different mindset stages in um, the Prolific Mindset Blueprint. And, and what I talk about there is that you go through, 
the, you cycle through the five stages over and over and over again. And once you get to, you know, either coasting or the up level, um, you know, those two mindset stages are, are places where you experience uh, tension. There's pain that comes with it. So the messaging that you used in your 20s, the messaging that you used in your 30s, that messaging got you to the level that you're at. But then life changes, right? That, that's the one thing that we can always rely on, that life is going to change. And whether you are creating the change for yourself or the change is happening to you, the mindset that you're using once the change occurs often does not match the situation that you're in. And then what happens is that the messaging that you once had, um, I'd be willing to bet that Heather, you would be very similar in nature to one of my most favorite clients. Her name was Lois. And, um, you know, she would always say, I knew exactly what I needed to do. She labels herself as an overachiever, but she would say, I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to get A pluses across the board my entire life. I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to get to the next level of my career. For 18 years, you know, I was the VP of, um, I can't remember whether it was sales or marketing, but very similar, right? It was like, she knew what she needed to do at every single moment of the day in order to get to where she wanted to go. And then life changed. And all of the sudden, it was like she expected that those mindset tools or the, the things that she used to think about would still get her to where she wanted to go. And they no longer fit. Yeah. And that happens. Yeah. Um, just like where you know, our focus or what we wanted in our 20s is totally different in our 30s and from our 30s to our 40s and our 40s to our 50s and 50s. Like that whole aging process and wisdom, it's wisdom because at every year we gain insight and we gain messages and we gain wisdom and knowledge. And as that happens, it changes the way that we're integrating um, our information. And, and what that means then is that all of the sudden, the, the ways that we thought we could rely on our confidence, on what levels of risk we were okay with taking, um, the decisions that we make, all of the sudden those things change. And the thinking that we're using doesn't necessarily up level to match them. And that's where, that's why, you know, you look at the physical body and you go, okay, so in my twenties, you know, I, I was exercising daily, but I wasn't doing it consciously. Right. Um, you, you were more active Then then you go through, you know, your thirties, you have children or, you know, closer to your forties, have children, whatever that is. And all of a sudden, the way that you're working out and you're moving your body changes. It, it's the same thing. So now your metabolism changes and all of a sudden you don't have the tools to equip the changes that are happening in your physical body. Well, apply that to mindset and the same is true. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, my one of my big success strategies is terrible when I look back at it because I certainly wouldn't wish it on anybody else. But you know, how to fit more in, how to get it all done. I just pull all nighters. Yeah, <laughs> which um, they've gone really hard over. They they I cannot do all nighters anymore because I cannot get up and feed kids and pack lunches and tend to boo-boos and with the patience that's required and then be able to be like, it's just, it's no longer an available strategy. Yeah. It's no longer an option. No, it's no longer an option. And it would have been an option, but, (laughs) but Heather, how many women are out there doing that? And I mean, it is, you know, we learn that in university. We learn that in grad school. We, we understand that, cram it in yeah push it push it push it and when we are younger we do push it because we're testing boundaries we're testing limits we're we don't know what it's going to do to us um i remember this is a horrible story in university i was cramming for an exam and i remember stayed i stayed up two days in a row and um you know, drank a ton of uh, coffee and um, wake up. What's that? Did the wake ups with the little cockatoo, the rooster. No, I, I never did the wake ups because I, I'm too much of a, a, I react too badly to caffeine that it makes me really, really shaky. But I remember thinking to myself, well, if I just have coffee and there was a drink that used to, it was like an energy drink. And I would you know, I had a couple of those and I stayed up for two days straight. And I literally, I could not, I was shaking. Like Andrew looked at me, uh, my husband, and, and he, he <laughs> thought that I was on something. And I said, no, I, I just haven't slept in two days. And, you know, I've, I've drank coffee and I've had this energy drink. And he was like, go sleep. Like you really don't realize what you've just pushed your body through. Um, but it's a form of torture. It is a form of torture and we don't realize that. And so now, you know, we look at how um, badly a lot of us are treating our sleep cycles and our mindset cycles. And it makes sense as to why the repercussion is that we have so many people who are struggling with overwhelm and depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, that's not to say that uh, they aren't real things. Those are real things and they are real results of not having the right tools to help, help us think through things so that we're not also shaming and blaming ourselves for not always knowing the answer or knowing what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do no harm. Um, Absolutely. I remember beating when I had my, my son um, so he he was born and, and uh, he was missing his lower esophageal sphincter, which is what keeps all of the acid down. And when he was born, in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm going to have this beautiful baby and I'm going to take him home and he's going to be perfect and I'm going to coo at him. And yeah, I'm not going to get some sleep, but it'll be fine. And for six full weeks, this poor kid did not have that sphincter and he screamed he screamed for six weeks straight like I think I got maybe an hour break every day and I remembered thinking to myself I am the worst mother in the world because I don't know what to do 
And anything I had done before, I had always been able to fix. And here I had this, this baby that I could not fix. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that as, as mothers and as working women, we forget that we are not always going to have the answer and we're not always going to be able to fix things. But how we approach every situation is A, based on our subconscious mind and on our patterning and on our beliefs, but we still have the choice to buy into our negative imprinting or to say, no, you know what? I'm not the worst mom in the world. And yeah, I don't know what to do. And this really sucks. <laughs> this is really hard right now. But sometimes just having the ability to bring that awareness is where you get the relief. It's where you get the pause. It's where you get the moment of clarity to take that next step and, and to go one more step and, and to not give in or give up in times when there isn't a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that these, these small little things and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I was, I shared that very personal experience, but I think that hopefully what it did was, was give you something really tangible and really specific that, regardless of whether it's a work situation, a, a personal situation, our mindset is the determining factor. It is what allows us to go forward or not. Well, you can, you can, um, you know, be proactive in discovering mindset and what mindset can do for you, or you can, or you can wait until a crisis or a, 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 a group of events sort of take you down and you're left with now, what do I do? Um, so, um, I mean, I think people will eventually get to the place where they're willing to confidently explore it, but, um, to be on the front end of, uh, mm -hmm. this, you know, this, this, this self, um, reflective work. I mean, we are human beings. What do we think? We, I mean, it's our brain that makes us different from the other living organisms and species. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be power in that um, and to explore that a little bit further. Uh, and again, it's been working in sports for decades. Um, we can just bring it to our everyday life. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty empowerful. Um, for people who are looking to make a change. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note, I think that that brings our Q&A today to a close. I hope that today has been an empowering session for you as we investigated, you know, mindset and the different types of, of visualization or, or what comes behind that. And um, we of course, appreciate you tuning in, submitting your questions, and joining Heather May and myself, Andrea Carter, uh, today and in our mindset calls to come. Thank you, everyone. Have a brilliant day. And go ahead and check out some of the great content that both Heather and I have for you waiting on WealthyWomanWarrior.com. See you soon. Bye for now. 
feel the sunshine in my heart.